Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Johnson's Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The makers of Johnson's Wax products for home and industry present Fibber McGee and Molly with Bill Thompson, Gail Gordon, Arthur Q. Bryan, and me, Harlow Wilcox. The script is by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie. Music by the Kingsman and Billy Mills Orchestra. It's pleasant in this warm weather to work in the kitchen with the windows and doors open. Pleasant, yes, but sometimes not so practical. Dirt and dust are blown in and the kitchen linoleum soils quickly. Of course, that little problem never bothers you if you use Johnson's self-polishing glow coat on your linoleum. Dust, dirt, and spilled things, too, can be whisked off that tough glow coat film with a damp cloth. Keeping your linoleum bright and shining clean is no problem at all. Not only does glow coat give your floors a really rich and glowing luster, but it also gives them the protection they need. Gleaming Glow Coat actually keeps linoleum looking like new years longer. With Glow Coat, there's no rubbing or buffing. You merely apply and let dry. It never streaks or smudges. In just a few minutes, your linoleum comes up with a brilliant shining gloss that will protect it and make it easy to keep clean. Next time, ask for Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat. See for yourself how it brings out the beauty of your floors. Look on the bright side, shine up the right side, bring out the beauty of the home. Anytime you see a book on the table at 79 Wistful Vista with lipstick on it, it's because the original owner has kissed it goodbye. And here, perusing a book inadvertently left by a friend, we find a charter member of the BBOTMC, the Borrowed Book of the Month Club. <laughs> Mr. McGee of Fibber McGee and Molly. What are you reading, dearie? Wimple's Bird Book. He left it here last night. And you never read such a miss of mass information in your life. It's awful. Well, if it's that bad, why do you read it? It's so garbled, it, it fascinates me. <laughs> this book has got more wrong answers than a nervous housewife on Take It or Leave It. <laughs> Look at the title, even. American Birds and Their Habits. They can't even spell habits, you see? Where? There. Oh, that word isn't habits, dearie. It's habitats. Oh, well, what I want to know is what their habits are. Who cares where they have their habits at? <laughs> Any bird lover who reads this would throw eggs at the publisher. <laughs> Say, when did you become such a bird lover, lover? <laughs> Ever since the first time I had quail with wild rice. <laughs> what particular statement in that book are you quarreling with? Well, listen to what it says about the feeding habitats of the pelican. All right. It says the pelican feeds occasionally on other things besides fish, but it definitely prefers marine life. Now, that is ridiculous. Why is it? There ain't a pelican living that could get in the marines. <laughs> Why? They even turned me down twice. Dearie, that isn't what that means. Huh? <clears throat> besides, I think you're being too critical. After all, you're not much of an expert on bird life. Who ain't? You ain't. Huh? I mean, you aren't. <laughs> oh, the heck I aren't. Who was it worked his way through high school raising baby chicks and even invented a slot machine that would dispense them two for a quarter? 
And who was it that a chewing gum took his idea and beat him to the patent office? What chewing gum? Chicklets. <laughs> That's why I say these people that write these... Come in. Oh, it's Wallace Wimple. Hi, Wimp. Hello, Mr. Wimple. Hello, folks. <laughs> we were just reading your bird book, Mr. Wimple. Hope you don't mind. Oh, not at all, Mrs. McGee. I'm glad to know where I left it. I'm afraid I was rather upset when I left here last night. Yeah, we, we noticed that, Wimp. Yeah. Why? Did I do something? Well, we had the radio turned on to a political rally. Oh, I remember yeah. now. A deep voice snarled, Wallace is going to get the beating of his life. And I went right out the window. Yeah. <laughs> Silly me. <laughs> hey, how are you getting along these days with her, Wimp? You mean... Sweetie face, my, my big old wife. Yes. Oh, about as usual. We had a little tiff yesterday, and believe me, sweetie face puts up a tough tiff. <laughs> what was it about, Wimp? Oh, it was nothing, really. No. She came back from downtown with a new hairdo and asked me how I liked it. Then? <laughs> and I told her. <laughs> Frankly, sweetie face, I said, it looks like an explosion in an Excelsior factory. Oh. I said, or a crew haircut with mutiny on the poop deck. <laughs> I don't blame them for dyeing your hair, I said, but... They waited too long to embalm it. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. And then out loud, I said... <laughs> I said, it looks simply beautiful, dear. <laughs> My gosh, how could she object to that? <laughs> oh, she knows me so well. <laughs> She ignored the compliments on my lips and tried to slap the expression off my face. When I ducked, she... Oh, speaking of ducks, did you enjoy reading my bird book? Yeah. No. What? Confidentially, Wimp, this book is fuller of tripe than the inside of a cow. Oh, I beg your pardon, Mr. McGee. This is the finest bird book there is. This is the authority on birds. It tells about the dodo bird disappearing, the migratory habits of the snow goose, yeah. how the passenger pigeon became extinct. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What was that again? You mean about the passenger pigeon? Yeah, that. Well, it says on page 49, and I quote, mm -hmm. The passenger pigeon, which once swarmed over the North American continent by the millions, has become completely extinct. Uh -huh. The last known passenger pigeon died in the Cincinnati Zoo in 1914. Exactly. That's just what I mean. That is a falsehood. What do you mean, McGee? I mean, I saw a passenger pigeon today. I've seen one every day for weeks. Oh, my goodness, Mr. McGee. If what you say is true... And it is. If you actually saw a real-life passenger pigeon, why, why, any zoo in the country would pay thousands for one. You mean thousands of money? Thousands of dollars for one pigeon, Mr. Wimple? Are you uh, sure it was a passenger pigeon, McGee? Why, sure I'm sure it was a passenger pigeon. Hey, if they're worth that kind of dough, I could trap that thing and sell it for... Oh, my gosh. Where's my hammer? Where's my tools? I gotta make a trap. Where's my screwdriver? I'll I don't know, Mr. McGee. I'm just a guest here. Oh, I know. I left it right here in the hall closet. Now, don't open that door, McGee. Oh. Oh. 
That's a wonderful trap, Mr. McGee. Set it again. <laughs> Billy Mills and the orchestra and Little White Lies. I gotta work fast, kiddo. I gotta get a trap ready for that passenger pigeon before somebody else does. And it's all over town now. The pigeon? No, the news. Winkle's been telling everybody, and I've already had a call from the zoo and one from the bird editor. The... I'll get that. One. I'll get it. I'll be another 79 one. Wistful Vista, Molly McGee speaking. Yes? Oh, yes, he saw one, and he plans on trapping it this afternoon. What? $3,000? Oh. Oh, no, I'm sorry. We can't do that. Thank you for calling anyway. Goodbye. Hey, who was that? That was the State Ornithological Society, offering $3,000 if you catch a passenger pigeon. Oh, my gosh. They wanted you to write them the minute you trap it, but we couldn't possibly do that. Why not? Because I can't spell ornithological, and neither can you. (laughs) That's very good reasoning. We'll sell it to a zoo. (laughs) Z-U. Boy, oh, boy, I knew the minute I saw that passenger pigeon. Oh, hey, I better get busy. Come in. Oh, it's Mr. Williams, the weatherman, McGee. Do come in, Mr. Williams. Thank you, Mrs. McGee. Hello, McGee. Hi, Foggy, old man. Hope you don't mind if I go on working. No, no, not at all. Is that a pretty good saw you have there? Of mine? (laughs) Well, it's all right, but next time get one with a heavier blade, boy. This would be okay for slicing bananas, but for sawing wood like this with nails in it, it's a little frail. (laughs) Thank you. May I uh, ask what you're building? A pigeon trap, Mr. Williams. Know anything about pigeons, Fogg? No, not very much. 
Although, like so many boys, I once raised homing pigeons, I once owned Featherling's Pink Nose the Fourth. <laughs> World's champion four times. Heavenly Boy. days. Isn't that wonderful? Wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> then in 1942, I raised carrier pigeons for the United States Navy. Several of my birds were repeatedly promoted. One of them became a rear admiral. Oh. <laughs> Must have been a fine democratic sight to see lieutenant commanders kneeling down to salute a pigeon. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> but the greatest value I found for pigeons was their use in carrying weather information from one isolated post to another when I was in Australia. Australia? How interesting. Mm -hmm. Did you see any kangaroos? Oh, yes. Yes, I boxed three rounds with one every morning. But I found the ostriches more intelligent. I brought one home as a pet. He broke his neck one day in New York. Oh. Subway accident? No. No, he got frightened on Broadway and tried to stick his head in the sidewalk. <laughs> well, I'd better let you get back to work, McGee. Good day, probably. So long. Sometimes I wonder how a guy with his imagination can work for the government when he might be making big money. Why, if he ever started writing that stuff... To... I'll get it, dearie. That's another one. 79 Wistful Vista, Molly McGee speaking. Who? Press? What'd I tell you? Oh, no, I'm sorry. We couldn't consider huh. an offer like that. Goodbye. Hey, gee whiz, Molly, you're turning everybody down. What was that, Dissociated Press or United Press? Wistful Vista Press Shop. Oh. What kind of an offer were they making? Three ninety-eight. They burnt your gray slacks. Oh. <laughs> Not enough, dearie. You're going at that job like you knew exactly what you were doing. I do? <laughs> well, I always say that if you smile and work fast, you can fool almost anybody. <laughs> I remember one time when I was working... Hello, Molly. Hi, Fibber. Hello, Mr. Wilcox. Hi, Junior. Hey, what's this I hear all over town about you going to trap a rare pigeon, pal? It's true, Junior. I'm gonna. And this is the trap with which he's gonna. Oh, that's a very elaborate-looking little bungalow, pal. Did you get a building permit for that? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, if there's any trouble, I can square it later. You know what they're paying for a real-life passenger pigeon? No, and what's more, I think you're kidding. The passenger pigeon has been extinct for years. Oh, no, it hasn't. Everybody thinks they're extinct, but I happen to know they're still stinked. <laughs> <laughs> and what's more, I know where there is one. Drop around here about four o'clock this afternoon and I'll... Uh, do you know anything about pigeons, Mr. Wilcox? <laughs> uh, Mr. Williams used to raise them, he said. So did I as a kid. I had one very unique little bird. Yeah? Walked with his feet pointed outwards. What was so unique about that? He was the only people-toed pigeon I ever saw. <laughs> Incidentally, it was fooling around that pigeon loft in my boyhood that really made me what I am today. And what are you am today, Junior? Remembering, of course, that there are ladies present. I'm always glad to have ladies present when I tell them what I am. Mm. I'm a Johnson self-polishing oh. glow coat salesman. Yeah, but what has that to do with pigeons, Mr. Wilcox? Why, that's simple, Molly. Every bride knows that when the cooing is over and the billing starts, small economies add up to large savings. And Johnson's self-polishing glow coat is not only a money saver, but a time and labor saver, too. Yeah, but what that got to do with the pigeons? Besides the years it adds to the life of your kitchen linoleum, glow coat also pays off handsomely in dividends of pride and satisfaction. Pigeons. Pride in the gleaming, well-kept kitchen and the satisfaction of knowing that glow coat's tough wax film is guarding your linoleum floor coverings against dirt and dust and spilled things. Yeah, but those pigeons you raised, we were talking about Absolutely, pigeons. pal. When I think of the happy years I've spent selling glow coat... I realize how much I owe to those little pigeons of mine. Oh, how Bless cute. Bless their little hearts. Yeah. 
May I use your phone? Help yourself, Mr. Yeah, go ahead. I owe you a nickel anyway. Thanks. (laughs) Hello, operator. Uh, Wistful Vista 1096, please. Hello, Mrs. Wilcox. This is Harlow Wilcox, the Johnson's Glow Code representative, your husband. Look, baby, I'm taking you out to dinner tonight. I know, but I'm hungry for some squab. See you at six. Goodbye. So long, folks. Goodbye. Mr. Wilcox has a very sensitive appetite, hasn't he? Yeah, he's a little like I used to be when I worked at the tea company as a teetotaler. Why, you never told me. You never told me that, dearie, that you used to total up tea. I never casually mentioned being a teetotaler and totaling tea for the Tea for Two Tea Company. You never did. Well, pull up a chair, baby. It was like this, you see. There were three of us there at the tea company, see? Two tea tasters whose task was to test the tea for taste, and me, the teetotaler, who totaled up the tea the tea tasters tasted as fast as they gave it the taste test, see? Yeah. Well, sir, those two timing tea tasters used to try to trip me up by tasting tea twice as fast as I could total the tea they tasted, and between their tea tasting and my tea totaling, we really tested tea. <laughs> They, they'd taste it, toss out the tea that tasted bad while I told the tea that tasted good, while the two tea taster tasted more tea in between the tea tasting and the tea totaling, the toe teetling, the tea testing, the tea timing. Hold the... it, dearie. <laughs> Company, come in, come in. Oh, hello, Dr. Gamble. Come on in. Hello, Molly. Hi, short subject. Hey, what's going on around here? Well, you must be the only one in town who hasn't heard, Doctor. Himself here is about to trap a passenger pigeon this afternoon. Oh, stop. Even little fall guy here knows there aren't any more passenger pigeons. They've been extinct for years. <laughs> That's what you think, Doctor. You and everybody else. But I happen to know they're not extinct. I happen to know they're still stinked. <laughs> He's going to prove it, too, Doctor, by catching one. He's got a great big trap. He has indeed. <laughs> He's got the great biggest trap in town And the loudest And the hardest one to shut And the one Ah, oh, that... she means this pigeon trap I'm building, fatso Oh, so that's a pigeon trap, is it? Yeah uh, How would it work if it did? Yes, you haven't showed me yet either, McGee If it's as confusing to the pigeon as it is to me Well, it will be, don't worry First, I bait the trap, you see Oh, with maybe some cracker crumbs Well, why go to all that expense? Looks very crummy as it is <laughs> Thank you Okay, so I bait the trap and the pigeon walks into door A here, you see. Uh-huh. He's stepping on trigger B, which closes door C in back of him. Yeah. Proceed, Mr. Goldberg. Or may we call you Rube? <laughs> when the pigeon hears the door close, he looks around in surprise, sees himself in mirror D here, and thinks it's another pigeon here, see? You certainly understand the workings of a bird's brain, bird brain. <laughs> uh-huh. I suppose he breaks the mirror and has seven years' bad luck. No. When he picks mirror D, that rings bell E. Then I rush out, bring the trap in the house, open the lid, he gets loose in the living room, and between me and Molly and a butterfly net, it should be a sense from there on. Simple? No, it's much too complicated. The greatest ideas are the simplest ideas, like the way I used to catch rabbits. How was that, Doc? With a hair net. (laughs) Oh, where's my medicine bag? I'm making myself sick. Oh, it's out of the (laughs) car. King's Men and the Dickie Bird Song. 
children, haven't you heard? Spring is here, spring is here, spring is here. A little crow sang a happy hello, my favorite time of the year. A little frog sang a song on his log, lose your blues, lose your blues, lose your blues. And you and I fell in love in reply on hearing the Dickie Birch news. If you have to look around to find a reason for such a wonderful thing, you can blame it on the sentimental season. Falling in love is done in the spring. The bobolink looked at us with a wink. At a boy, at a girl, nothing wrong. When you're in love, you'll go swinging along, a singing a dicky bird song. Spring is here. Spring is here. Spring is here. A dicky bird whistled, haven't you heard? Spring is here. A little crow sang a happy hello, my favorite time of the year. A little frog sang a song on his log. Lose your blues, lose your blues, lose your blues, lose your blues. And you and I fell in love in reply on hearing the Dicky Birch news. If you have to look around to find a reason for such a wonderful thing, you can blame it on the sentimental season. Falling in love is always a thing to do in the spring. The bobolink looked at us with a wink. At a boy, nothing wrong. When you're in love, you'll go swinging along, a singing a dicky bird song. Spring is here, spring is here, spring is here. There, there's the trap ready to set, Molly. Boy, oh boy, imagine picking up a fast 10,000 bucks just for bagging one pigeon. Well, it's nice, but do you think a bird in hand is worth two people like us spending so much time? Hey, what time is it? 3.47. Oh my gosh, it's almost time. Well, it's time something happened. Look out that window. People all over our lawn. Yeah, I know. Newspapers have all sent guys and the radio stations have got sound trucks out there. Kind of exciting, huh? Why not? It's like somebody trapping a live unicorn. Yeah. (laughs) Or capturing a full-grown Democrat in Vermont. (laughs) Heavenly days, a pigeon that's supposedly been extinct since 1914. Oh, my gosh, another newspaper photographer. I've been famous for two hours now, and I'm getting sick of it already. You are not. Oh, you're loving every minute of it. You said it. Come in. Oh, my goodness, it's the old-timer. Hello there, Mr. Old-timer. Oh, hi, old-timer. I haven't got time right now to bat the fat, so if you... What's all the excitement, kids? Huh? Yards full of cameramen, newspaper reporters, and the flower beds are full of people. What's all the excitement? Well, himself here's going to trap a rare pigeon, Mr. Old-timer. Pigeon, eh? Yeah, rare pigeon. Papa used to raise pigeons when I was a lad. Is that so? Even now, when I wake up in the morning, I can imagine I hear them, hundreds of pigeons, fluttering past my window, murmuring... A.M., A.M., A.M. A.M.? What kind of pigeons were those? Morning doves, Johnny. (laughs) Afternoon doves go P.M., P.M., P.M. 
Well, the one that he's after is a passenger pigeon, Mr. Oldtimer. Probably the last and only living one in the world. Yeah, worth a pile of dough, too, Oldtimer. Everybody thinks the last known passenger pigeon died in the Cincinnati Zoo in 1914. Yes, I know, Johnny. July 5th at 5.36 in the evening. Well, how do you know so much about it? I was there, daughter. <laughs> I was the bird head keeper at the Cincinnati Zoo at the time. <laughs> you mean the head bird keeper? I mean the bird head keeper. Oh. Used to comb and brush all the little heads. <laughs> <laughs> Millie was my favorite, too. Millie. That was the passenger pigeon, kids. Oh. Smartest bird I ever took care of. Smarter than a human being in lots of ways. What you mean? Well, for instance, I hold out my finger like this. Can you jump up and balance on it for 15 minutes just by wiggling your tail? <laughs> well, no, but Chuck's... Ah, uh, poor little Millie. Sure busted me up when she passed on. Oh. But I give her the finest funeral any pigeon ever had. American Legion marks, the Shriners drill team done maneuvers with bird calls... And thousands of school kids lying the streets waving little Harvard pennants. Harvard pennants? Why not American flags? This was the 5th of July, daughter. You ever try to buy an American flag on July 5th? <laughs> now, just a darn minute, old-timer. I was in Cincinnati that week, and I don't remember anything about that like that. Johnny, you ought to. You was responsible for Millie's passing. How was I? Well, sir... There was a vaudeville act in town that week called McGee and Nittany. Oh, McGee and Nittany. Oh, that's right, McGee and Nittany. Snappy songs and witty sayings. Carried our own cyclorama and a magenta spot and we opened Now, the quiet, one... dear. Huh? I want to hear about little Millie. Go on, Mr. Oldtimer. Thank you. Well, it, it seems like little Millie, out for an hour's exercise, had been seen flying through the alley back of the theater and heard part of the act. And that... Done it. <laughs> Done what? She beat herself to death against the stage door trying to reach that corn. <laughs> Shame on you, Johnny, and so long, Dorothy. <laughs> I bet he made that up. Why, certainly. It wasn't the act we had that killed all the birds. It was all the birds we got that killed the act. <laughs> well, let's go, kiddo. I got the trap. Open the door. Come on, let's go. Come on. Heavenly days. What a mark. Quiet, everybody. Stand back there. Let me through. Come on, Molly. Come on, Molly. Come on out to the curve here, Molly. You can all see my rare passenger pigeon as soon as I catch him. He'll be here any minute. Quiet now. You'll scare him away. Quiet. Here he comes, Molly. There he comes. Look, Molly, the passenger pigeon. Where, McGee? I can't see him. That bus is in the way. Look on top of the bus. There he is. When I got on the bus, you hand me the trap. For now that have... bird? Why, that just looks like an ordinary post office pigeon to me, McGee. Oh, that's just a plain pigeon. That's a passenger pigeon. He's been riding on top of that bus all day. He's a passenger, oh. isn't he? He's riding that bus. He's a passenger pigeon. That's a passenger pigeon. I tell you, he still stinks. He's been riding that bus all day. A few minutes and a bit of Johnson's self-polishing glow coat is the investment. A bright, shining kitchen linoleum is the return on that investment. It's as simple as that. 
Glow Coat shines as it dries. Without rubbing or buffing, your kitchen linoleum will sparkle and gleam with a new lustrous beauty. Colors will seem fresher and more brilliant. The whole room will be a brighter, more pleasant place to work. Johnson's self-polishing glow coat will protect your valuable linoleum from wear, too. That tough coat of gleaming wax adds years of service and beauty. Then, too, a floor protected by glow coat is so easy to keep clean. A once-over lightly with a damp cloth will whisk away all dust, dirt, and spill things. Next time your kitchen linoleum needs attention, invest a few minutes and a bit of Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. You'll be delighted with the sparkling beauty that such a small investment will bring. You'll find the Johnson self-polishing glow coat is the quick, easy way to bring out the beauty of your home. Look on the bright side, shine up the right side, bring out the beauty of the home. Oh, when I think of the dough we could have made, how famous we could have been. It's disgusting. Oh, now, don't worry about it, dearie. Well, this don't throw me, kiddo. I'll make a comeback. I can hold my head up. I can still smile. Good. And taught me one thing, though. That old saying is so true. Never count your pigeons until they're catched. <laughs> don't you get it, Molly? Jiminy, I says, don't... It ain't funny, McGee. I'll say it ain't. It's disgusting. Good night. Good night, all. <laughs> The makers of Johnson's Wax Products, Racine, Wisconsin, bring you Fibber McGee and Molly each week at this time. Be with us again next Tuesday night, won't you? Good night. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.